106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Do y'all not know that they just banned the president of the United States of America? I don't give a damn what side you on. They just banned the president of the United States of America. Every single body in this country should be alarmed by that. Do y'all not? I don't care what side you on. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you if you are a Republican. I don't care if you are a liberal or a conservative. They just banned the president. Do they really got that much power? Where they are silencing the president of the United States of America? And y'all think this shit is funny? I don't care about my language right now. I don't give a damn. This is some bullshit. This is some bullshit. And y'all know it. If they are coming for the president... You damn right they coming for you too. You damn right they coming for me. This is absolutely disgusting. Follow me on Parlor. Twitter, you can kiss my ass. You know, we see on the news every day about the election being rigged. Daggone. What ain't nothing sacred no more. If they rig that election, I Really can't say a whole lot, though. You remember that time we raffled off at... Oh, no. That was kind of rigged a little bit. Yeah. That one time, Lord O come to me and said, Look here, I know how we make a bunch of money. He said, I know where we can buy a Shetland pony for $50. He said, we'll sell tickets on him, dollar apiece, raffle tickets. And at the 4th of July picnic downtown, we'll give the pony away. I said, well, all right. So we bought, we sold 500 tickets off just like that. And we was rolling. But on the morning of July the 3rd, we went down to the barn to feed the pony, and the pony was dead. I said, what are we going to do now, Lord O? He said, we're going to have the raffle. I said, ain't we going to make a lot of people mad? He said, just one, and we'll give him his money back. Hey, everybody, let me say this before I go in the house. I'm finally going back into the house. And I want you to listen to this and get this in your spirit. Because see, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the world today. And a whole lot of people are depressed. They feel like they can't make it. I want you to listen to this. I feel like going on. Come on here. I feel like going on. The trials come on every hand. 
love me. And if ain't nobody else told you this today, you better know that I love you from the bottom of my heart, I do. And there ain't a daggone thing in the world that you can do about the way I love you. God bless Okay, here we go. This is Lou Benninger, and uh, you're listening to No Hostages Radio, and welcome. Happy to have you with me tonight. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to it, but I'm at it. We're in, this is the latest I've ever done a program, but it's been a wild, wild week. We just got done with a trauma intervention meeting tonight, uh, first one of the year, <clears throat> and uh, there's just been so much going on around the community here that uh, has got me distracted that i uh, a little late getting started, but here we are, and you're not having to worry about that. You're just going to check in and see whether you think this is worth listening to. I don't have a problem with that because I, I, I start things, stop things all the time. I got books all over the house here, halfway read, <clears throat> and I turn on clips that I th- other people think are red hot and I think they're frauds and and uh, so I don't mind you turn it on think oh Lou doesn't have it today I'm going to turn him back off but uh, glad you're with us and we're going to be here for uh, six segments uh, probably take about now there's six 20 minute segments and then there's some uh, clips in between but uh, I'm doing my best to uh, keep you up to date with what I know and then things that I'm just learning that I think are better than what I what I got to say, so I just let you listen to other folks for a minute. So uh, let's see. This is the 94th episode on January 16th. It'll be available. <clears throat> guy I ran into the other night. He came up to me. Was, I think I was at a prayer meeting at church or Saturday night church and never met him before, and he was a relative of some people or regulars there, and came up shook my hand he said sometimes i listen to he said sometimes i listen to your show like at three in the morning or two in the morning or something they it gets up it gets put up early so i get to listen to it anyway i got a kick out of him anyway you can reach me a couple different ways if you want to communicate uh uh, on the uh email is lou l-o-u at nohostagesradio.com so you can also figure this out that I have a website, nohostagesradio.com. So you can go there and get all the past episodes. You can go there and read articles if you want. Uh, but the articles also show up in the Territorial Dispatch. It's a regular newspaper and a tech- electronic newspaper, uh, territorialdispatch.com. So let's see, what else was I going to tell you? I was going to tell you how to dial me up, text me or whatever, 530-713-1838. Some of you over in these other states kind of give me a heads up on something that's going on compared to here, which is here for me is in Northern California. I'm sitting here in the town of Marysville in Yuba County. It's one of the 58 counties and in the north part of the state. Uh, Let's see. If you don't know anything about this part of the state, we had a big gold rush here. A lot of people came to California trying to make it rich. They still come out here trying to make it rich, but now 
you're liable to go broke out here with all the high taxes. So let's see. I did the contact. How to get a hold of us? Da, 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 da. I think I, I think I got it. I think I got it. Otherwise, I'll come back and fix it. I'll fix it. So um, I want to talk uh, today uh, to begin with. I usually mention the the recall um, <clears throat> tonight. Uh, well, it, it depends on when you, when you listen to this. So let me just speak dates. Um, so. On the 16th, which is the day this is supposed to come up in the morning, there is a uh, a conference called Free and the Brave Conference that is at Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City. Sometimes they call it Live Oak, but it's kind of in between the two, closer to Yuba City. And uh, it might be a little late for you to get involved in travel to there. It's going to be all day today, the 16th. To, till probably nine o'clock at night starts at eight forty-five or eight thirty in the morning. You can see the whole schedule, all the speakers and the times. Started Friday night, the fifteenth, and uh, so you can look at churchofgladtidings.com and it's fifteenth the night, the evening of fifteenth, <coughs> all day the sixteenth. Breaks for lunch and dinner. And then an evening meeting goes to nine or so. And then the next morning, I believe it starts at 10, goes to noon. And then at one o'clock, there's going to be a great business seminar by Peggy Hall from Orange County. Peggy is a master teacher educator. She used to teach teachers in the university level for 30 years. She's very, very bright person. If you go on to her website, thehealthyamerican.org, you will see some fantastic videos that tells the truth about COVID, masks, socialist distancing, all the baloney, shutdowns, no school. The thing is, there's a lot of people in the United States that are just so much smarter than the people that are running the scam on us. And Peggy Hall is one of them, and she's done the research to equip businesses. You know, isn't it true that that you have fear in your life where you're the stupidest? I'll say it again. You have fear in your life where you're the stupidest. So if you're getting harassed by a demon, uh, you're you're feeling fearful because you don't realize you you really can have control over that demon. And tell them to get out of your life. It's just your ignorance to get you in trouble. The same way we maybe you get a little bug or get ill for a few days and you think, oh, this is, I'm going to die. But it's really just some little bug and you're just ignorant, right? So a lot of things we're ignorant of, we're fearful of. Same, same way in primitive societies. And uh, so Peggy Hall is equipping businesses to not fear the government. It's a paper tiger. They're, they're full of threats and manipulation. And yeah, I just saw where they went into uh, a gym who refused to close down, I think it was back east, and they drained their bank account. And I, and honestly, I'm not that smart, but I was talking to Randy Mitchell at Uppercut, and he's staying open. Uh, and now the government's going to take his licenses. And I, and I said, you know, Randy, you might want to just pull all your money out of the bank account because the government just come in there and take it and just say, because you 
cut hair without their permission to cut hair in the state of California. Isn't it, doesn't it sound weird to you? It really sounds weird to me. You cannot go out and earn a living and support your kids. Now, he could quit and go on welfare, and no one would even bat an eye, as they say. But to support his own family and cut hair without paying money and letting the government uh, watch over his shoulder, that's illegal, according to them, according to the rules. It's not unconstitutional. But now the government has, we've created what they call a shadow government, where, for instance, I just saw somebody say this the other day, and I thought, boy, people are starting to catch up. When, When you have to go get a permit for something, that's not a right, that's privilege. And they can take those privileges from you. God-given rights are not given by government. That's a G, little G government, big G God. Your rights, the founding fathers say, came before government. They came from God, rights, your rights to earn a living. And the Constitution was written in the Bill of Rights to warn the government and to make it clear that the government should stay out of our business in certain areas. We have a right to do how we wish. And so, for instance, the whole deal of getting a concealed weapon permit, whether I carry a gun outside my shirt or under my shirt, I ain't got no business the government being involved in my life, nor should I ever have to have permission for that. Now, if I've violated the laws of the land, I've killed somebody or done something, I'm a felon, and and because of the laws, the penalty, one of the penalties of probation or parole is I can't have a gun, then that's another problem. But if I'm a law-abiding citizen, I should be able to have a warehouse of guns, whole warehouse. And if I want to pack a gun under my shirt, under the seat of my car, wherever I want to pack a gun— walk into a business, I should be able to pack a gun without asking permission of anybody, even if they're a nice person like the sheriff. I happen to like both our sheriffs, Yuba and Sutter County. They're good people. They're better than the average sheriff. And so, uh, but that's what they've done is they've, they've chipped away at the rights that we have, and they now they call them their privileges, and so now that they've, in the state of California, they have made privileges out of the right to work, to get up in the morning and go out and earn a living for your family. That's now a privilege. That's not a right. Because now you have to go to the government to get permission to go do that work, and you got to pay them a fee, and then you have to allow them into your shop to oversee it. That's baloney, people. That's communism. But we've let the let the government do it. Now, California has more occupations under a license system than any other state in the union. Some have as few occupations under licenses as, say, 50, 60, 50 or 60 total occupations. There's literally hundreds and hundreds of occupations. You know that? Do you know that some people put shoes on horses? That's right. Some people just all they do is braid hair. They don't wash hair. They don't cut hair. They don't color hair. All they do is braid hair. And they get paid a lot of money for it. But in California, you got to get yourself a permit to do that. Isn't that ridiculous? You got to get a license to do that. That's not a right then. 
So what's happening is, is that all these businesses uh, have been, the authority of these businesses should be resting in the owners who, who are accepting all the, all the liability, all the responsibility. Yet the government comes in and says, you know, it's no different. I remember watching, I used to watch, uh, like to watch, uh, oh, like mafia movies and, you know, those kind of movies. And, you know, the, they'd show the mafias coming into, like, New York or Philadelphia, Detroit, New Jersey, and they'd go downtown and just, they, you know, they'd be the bad guy. And, and then you'd have this mom-and-pop bakery or grocery store or hardware store, and they'd come in and they'd say, hey, you know, we think you guys are da- it's dangerous down here and you need some protection. And they said, no, we can't afford any protection. We don't want any protection. We, you know, we're all right. We're all right. And they said, well, you know, we think that the window's going to get broken if you don't, you know. So they'd walk out and knock the window out, right? And they'd start intimidating them. So pretty soon they'd have to pay for the protection wasn't against just anyone. It was against the mafia. So that's exactly what the government says. Oh, well, we're, we're going to make sure you do a good job. We're going to make sure that you don't injure the public. Actually, you know who does more injury to the public than anybody in society? It's the government. The government does. The government puts in people in jail that are innocent many times. They just make a mistake or they frame them. Did you know that? That's what just happened to President Trump. The Democrats framed him on that Washington thing or that uh, Russian thing. It happens all the time. Prosecutors frame people. That's destroying people's life. They put people, people have been in prison for 20, 30 years. And then finally the the guy confesses, some other guy confesses to that crime. They have to let the person go. Government destroys businesses left and right by adding more and more regulation. Most business people can sort out the challenges of running a business, but it's all the government regulations to make it more difficult, 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 to run a business. That's why so many small business people have left the state of California for other states. They just can't take it anymore, right? They just can't take it anymore. So anyway, we have this uh, free and the brave conference. So if you're a business and you're afraid, you need to go to Peggy Hall's class. She'll give you the codes, the laws, the paperwork, the exact phrases to say, and how you can sue the government uh, for to re, get redress of grievances. Did you know that if the government stops your business or takes your business, they need to pay you? It's called takings, T-A-K-I-N-G-S, takings. It's kind of like if the government wants to expand the street in front of you and they want two, two feet or three feet of your property. They can do that, but they need to pay you for the property. And if you don't feel like they're, they're giving you a good deal on the property, you can go to court and argue that in court. But they, there's a due, they call it due process, the proper process to take your stuff, takings. And so it's no different than if they stop you from being able to enjoy working and earning a living. So if they shut down your business, that's also takings. And they owe you money. 
The Constitution guarantees people a right, and if they want to argue with the Constitution, they need to go to court. They just can't declare an emergency that isn't an emergency. And an emergency never, even a legitimate emergency, does not disallow or eliminate the Constitution of the United States or of California or any other state. Do you get that? You got to get that. Now, if you... If you're thinking like I'm thinking a lot of time, man, I just don't know enough. I just can't keep up. I just, I wish I'd have studied more in school. I wish I'd have taught more classes on this. Well, listen, I know people that learn to read in juvenile hall. And one guy says, Lou, I'm so glad I went to juvenile hall because they taught me how to read because knowledge is power. And now I know the constitution and I'm not afraid of any of these people. They want to put me in jail. That's another thing. They ain't put me in jail. But in terms of like intellect and arguing what our rights are in this country, I, he says, I got that down. Now, you can do the same thing. If you said, man, I don't know hardly anything about how this country got started. You can look up a book called The 5,000-Year Leap. Called The 5,000-Year Leap. And uh, by an author of the last name of Skousen, S-K-O-U-S-E-N. Some of my friends have been getting it and reading it and passing it around, ordering extra copies, giving them away for gifts. And it is so simply written and so beautiful and so inspiring and so empowering, it will change your life. You need A lot of us just suffer from we just don't know what we don't know. We just don't, we, we need some more knowledge on board. I don't care. You think, oh, well, I, you know, I got all that in school. You didn't get Jack in school. They, what they taught you in school was how to learn. They should have been teaching you how to learn, how to feed yourself. Like when your mom, it was a big breakthrough day when you got the spoon to your mouth and kept it mostly right in the mouth instead of your upper lip. He taught you how to eat, right? He taught you how to eat. And that was a big day when you could start eating yourself. You could lift the sandwich to your face and eat the little chunk chunks out of it. And so school should have taught you reading, writing, arithmetic, and how to think, how to sort stuff out, not be propagandized, but how to critically think and listen to two or three different perspectives and sort it out. So you should be studying right up to the time they cremate you or drop you in a hole you should have a book in your hand or be on the computer or something, something, studying and growing, always growing. So the 5,000-year leap will help you. In fact, you ought to, if you have any teenagers or even middle school young people, I'm telling you it will light them up. If you read that with them and discuss it with them, even at the dinner table, if I had it to do all over again, I would love to do that. It's a beautiful book, good book, cheap book. Paper, you can get it in paperback. It's got nice, good, easy-to-read print. And it's very well organized, and it's just a it's a masterpiece. They, it's a masterpiece of history. So uh, it's something to look at. So anyway, if, if you uh, want to mention this, the, the, the Free and the Brave uh, conference, uh, you have to, if you want to go, you need to go on and register online. They're trying to keep, it may be totally booked at this point. And, but the good news is you can watch it from home on your computer at the church of God help us that we can get all the technology working. Normally that it works fine. 
churchofgladtidings.com. You can watch the whole thing. The second thing is, if you don't have time and you're going to be on the road or, you know, what, you know how life is. Life just gobbles you up. So the alternative is we're going to post that. They're going to post that on their website out there, churchofgladtidings.com, and you can watch chunks of it at your convenience. Like, for instance, if you wanted to watch Judy Mikovits speak about Anthony Fauci when she knew him and worked in the labs with him trying to sort out the AIDS virus, she can... You'll hear all about it and how the government arrested her and tried to jerk her around because she's trying to expose all these corrupt people like Anthony Fauci. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the uh, the upcoming conference, even though no matter how you listen to it, listening to it is the key. Whether you listen to it live, live streamed, uh, live in person so you can smell the cologne, live stream, can't smell it just like COVID, can't smell or you watch it on uh, recorded later on at your convenience. One one lecture at a time. Okay, we'll be right back for the second session. And uh, here we go. Start with a virus, import it into America, talk about it nonstop, call some governors, nod them, nod them, that's your guys, put patients into nursing homes, tell thousands, blame the president, keep blaming, blame some more, lock down small business, kill the economy, push mail-in voting, stoke a race war, call for riots, pick a candidate, no, not her, yeah, that's more like it, lock him in his basement. Shield him from the press. Don't cover this. Don't cover this. Don't cover this. Keep doing that. Ignore the economic recovery. Downplay the world peace. Pump the pause. Pump. Pump. Don't stop pumping. Install your software in swing states. That was fast. Take control of polling stations. Call off the election when you're losing. Kick everyone out. Pull out all the extra ballots. Get the software to do its thing. Get the media to say it's over. Call the big tech guys. Ban anyone who notices. Act like the whole thing never happened. Stealing the most powerful republic in the world. It's that easy. Hello everyone, James O'Keefe here, Project Veritas. Michael Beller, PBS legal counsel, has just been fired. Fired. Minutes ago, Matthew Keyes wrote, quote, PBS has fired Mike Beller, a mid-level staffer who was filmed by Project Veritas calling for the children of Trump supporters to be put in re-education camps. Beller was also talking about throwing Molotov cocktails at the White House the week of this insurrection. Michael Beller has now been fired by PBS of the Corporation of Public Broadcasting. You can see him on tape here talking about Molotov cocktails. What are we going to do if we don't like it? Go to the White House and throw Molotov cocktails. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the fastest reactions I've ever seen in the history of Project Veritas. The video on Twitter has around a million views right now. This is the week that Twitter is censoring everyone, and mostly because we've been asking people to embed the video through proxy, through an army of Patriot distributors. On Telegram, we sent the video out on Telegram. People have been uploading it, and within just about two, two and a half hours, this man has been terminated. Now, forcing the mainstream media to report on this 
is what I was trying to tell you all. We must stop complaining. We must now do their jobs. And do their jobs, we have done. Let me pick it up here at the Free and the Brave again conference. I just want to mention that uh, however you watch it, great. Whether you watch it live, smell the cologne, live with no smell, live streamed, or you could watch it uh, whenever you want and watch one lecture at a time. You could watch a lecture like Judy Mikovits tell about Anthony Fauci and what a criminal he is. She worked with him. He had her arrested. Uh, and they never did charge her with a crime, held her without charging her with a crime for five days. Most of you regular criminals out there would think, oh, she needs my lawyer. Anyhow, uh, you can see on the Internet all kinds of people. You know, you know it's, it's amazing to me. People say, oh, well, Lou, I don't know about her because, you know, uh, you know, the Internet. All people, I said, do you know those people, Mr. and Mrs. Internet? Do you, you know who they are? Do you know what their agenda is? Do you know, are they scientists? Oh, well, you know, it's on the Internet. Oh, yeah, it's on the Internet. You know, at some point, people, some of you is just going to get on the train and go to the gas chambers. That's what you're going to do and go to the re-education camps. And I don't know anybody that was in the gas chambers personally, but I do know people been in re-education camps. And uh, we're, we're going to get them here, okay? And so if you want to play stupid, and maybe you took the stupid pill. Maybe maybe you've been uh, living in Stupidville for a really long time. I don't have time to explain everything to everybody. And I'm not that smart. I just, and I, I'm thanking God every day. Every morning I get up, I just think, thank you, Jesus. I, I'm seeing this clearly right here, right here. Because a lot of people are totally snookered by the whole thing. And they just think things are going to be same oh same oh, And they ain't going to be same oh. I'm going to guarantee that right now. Things are going to get bad fast unless you stand up and, and take a stand, right? And start strengthening your back and, and supporting your back backbone and get see you need to reach back there and see if you got one ask your partner if you'd like sleeping with somebody ask her for him say will you reach back there and touch back there and see if there, it's like do i got a backbone back there because i don't know a lot of you people are just scared at your shadow the government in the united states of america was not designed to rule over us did you get that all this stuff were put you know i i i I'm, I back the blue. But if the cop comes to my house, I'm going to ask what his business is kindly. I treat them with respect. If they want to come in my house, I'm going to say, I am not having that. No, thank you. Same way with searching my car. No, thank you. What's the problem? Why do you want to come in here? If you want to get a warrant, I'll, I will obey the law. If there's a warrant, I will obey the law. I'll let you search my house or another spot. 
But just because, just because doesn't mean they can just do whatever they want. They just can't. In fact, recently a guy got fired from the Marysville Police Department. And because of a, of a couple things where he assaulted people. And I, I you know, I, I never wish bad. In fact, God says himself, don't wish bad on when something bad happens to your enemy, somebody that's against you. Don't 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 rejoice in that. I I don't rejoice in people having fallen on hard times. I don't I don't get any joy out of that at all. But when we give, let me let me just say it this way: we give tremendous authority when a man or woman goes through some training, some background vetting, and then they put on the blue or the green or whatever color they're the khaki, whatever the color they're going to put on to represent the people and to keep the peace. And we call them police officers, sheriffs, highway patrol, all that kind of stuff, border patrol, marshals. And we give them tremendous power, tremendous authority, but it is under the control of the constitution that they, they are not supposed to just enforce regulations the ultimate thing is they need to defend and protect your constitutional rights, your rights. And uh, so the, the wonderful thing, you know, I was a chaplain for many years, and the wonderful thing I realized is riding for thousands of hours in patrol cars and stopping one car after another car and responding to violence and, home, uh, you know, domestic violence and regular violence and drunks fighting one another and all kinds of shootings uh, is that uh, if a, if officers have a code of conduct and if they violate that code of conduct, even when they're off, off duty, I had a cop cuss me out one time and said, I'm off duty right now. And uh, that doesn't work when you're into law enforcement, they have a special code that they swear to uphold as well as the constitution. And so this gentleman that worked for Marysville for many years, got fired because he was aggressive and injured some people. That, and the nice thing about it, I don't feel good that he got fired. I just think we need to, I feel good that the system uh, cleanses itself and writes itself if it's a good system. And I've talked to many, many law enforcement leaders that talk about the fact that this, every, every person in the system of, of government isn't perfect, but what we hope to do is remove the bad apples. When we get in the situation now at the state and federal level with, um, you know, literally now we've, we've got, about half the country working for the government. Did you know that? And so we have a huge number of those people that don't, don't want to respect the president. You know, whether or not, like I showed respect to president Obama, I never showed his head di dismembered from his body with blood all over it. I never made coarse remarks about him, his, his behavior, etc. Um, I didn't like his any, I didn't like anything about the guy, but I, I never burned anything, broke anything, uh, anything. And so, uh, but that's not true on the other side. Now in the free and brave conference, I just learned that 
somebody's hacked into the website, the part where people are trying to register. Things, signs around town have been vandalized, posters, and uh, all kinds of stuff going on, right? You wouldn't get any Christian people or conservative people that would do that kind of behavior if there was a conference on the other side. Another group on the liberal side, they wouldn't do that, right? That's the difference. That's what's what's going on. The difference in our country right now is we have a lot of people that were raised to think if I don't get my way, I'm just going to I'm going to tear down this country. Right. Instead of saying, I I appreciate the benefits here. Things may not always go my way, but I have freedom here. I have freedom here. And I, you know, the interesting thing to me is a lot of the folks that want Marxism here and socialism, they don't. There's lots of places that have that. In fact, my friends in Vietnam just laugh when I tell them what people are saying over here about socialism, Marxism, communism. They said, Lou, tell them to move over here. Have them come here. Because they they can't believe that it looks like we're going to be a communist country if the Biden administration takes over here. It's unbelievable. So anyway, uh, this conference is coming up. You can listen to it. There's the speakers. I'm telling you, you may not recognize the speakers. We would not bring any of these speakers here if they weren't the best. We, you know, life's too short to do half-baked. So, uh, and the interesting thing, what I find out is the people that most need to hear the information are the ones that will stay away. So the businesses that are crying and are on the verge of going bankrupt, they probably won't pay. The The conference generally is free, but then we, uh, Peggy Hall from the Healthy American asked about doing a seminar at the end because she said, I can't really tell people enough in one hour. So this is a three and a half hour s- seminar for $125, best buy of a lifetime, man. And she will equip you on staying open. In fact, I just saw where Italian restaurant that, that Peggy Hall eats at, I know because she's commented about it, in Huntington Beach area, just got into it with the government, with Newsom. And they're refusing to shut down. And I know they are equipped to the teeth by Peggy Hall. So if you got a business, and in fact, did you know, that, in fact, the state militia leader is going to come down here. We're thinking about starting some militias here in the counties, Yuba, Sutter counties. State militia guy's coming down, and he's got, a, he's got some kind of proclamation that you can put in your window and saying that uh, the government has no right in, in our business unless they have a warrant. You with me? They got to have a warrant. So any government agency's got to stay outside the doors of the business that's off limits, if that's what you want to say. And if they violate that, the militia will come down and defend the store. Now, I'm interested in that. The guy's coming down to talk to a friend of mine, and uh, I'm interested in uh, replicating this militia thing in Yuba Sutter counties. Now, I, I wrote, uh, wrote an article in the Territorial Dispatch. It's out t- uh, this week. Um, so you could go online at territorialdispatch.com or you could go to uh, find a hard copy or you could go on my website, nohostagesradio.com and just look up, I think it. I think the title has something to do with Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry, you, you remember the phrase, 
give me li- most of it just rem- we most of it just remember this part give me liberty or give me death right we don't remember any of it but it was that was at the very last phrase of this speech that he gave before the convention in Virginia and it was so gnarly it's kind of like here now it was so gnarly in Williamsburg which was the capital of Virginia at that time because the governor of Virginia was actually loyal to the British crown and uh, he did not want to revolt against Great Britain and so they didn't want to have the convention there because they thought the gov- governor was going to cause problems with them having it there. So they moved it to Williams. So they moved it to Richmond, from to where they're going to have it in R- Williamsburg, Richmond, Virginia. And uh, so at this convention, Patrick Henry stood up, and his argument, where he ended up at the end of the talk, or, or his uh, speech, he said, give, "As for me, give me liberty or give me death." In other words, I'd rather die than live under what we're living under in the United States. But the speech was about his plea and his pitch to the Virginians was to, he believed they needed to start militias in every single county in Virginia to defend themselves against the British crown. That was his argument. They needed to rate, they recruit people and get money together to buy weapons and to or create weapons and get gunpowder and all that kind of stuff. So they, the next thing is the the British governor of Virginia, a guy named Dunmore. He got so freaked out that instead of confiscating guns, which that's what they're talking about doing right now, right? The Democrats coming right to your door and taking going through your house taking your guns. He packed up all the gunpowder from the armory there in Williamsburg and hauled it out to a Navy ship, a British Navy ship that was sitting in the harbor. And when Patrick Henry heard about it, he took a small group or part of the militia down to Williamsburg, the capital where the governor was, and confronted him and said, give us our powder back. It's not your powder. So when they went back and forth, finally, instead of going and bringing the powder back, they paid Patrick Henry for the powder. At the end of that confrontation, I I didn't get any more details than that, but it must have been pretty intense because the governor packed his crap and moved out to the ship and never returned. And that was the beginning of the turnaround of the British control over Virginia. Now, I told that to you because uh, there is a separation that is people say, oh, well, you know, there's two Americas. There's this and that and the other thing. There is a separation going on in America right now. And before it's just like, hey, the left is blowing up this. The left is marching over here. The left is refusing to do this. The left is burning up these businesses and vandalizing this and going to Sacramento, going to San Francisco, going to San Diego, going to Portland. And the right's just taking it, taking it, taking it, taking it. Nobody's getting arrested because you got these liberal deals. Uh, and even a lot of people on the right, so to speak, a lot of them are just passive. They'll, they'll do whatever. They'll go with Biden. They'll go with Trump. Doesn't make no 
It's like they don't care. Just leave them alone. But the fact is, those days of getting left alone are over. And there's a reckoning coming, and there's a division. You can already see it all throughout the church. I've been doing church for 40-some years. I wasn't raised this way, but I get it now. I understand what's going on. There, there's a shakedown going to church. The Bible actually says whatever can be shaken will be shaken, and it's shaken right now. And churches, they didn't shook and fell right down. They just fell over. And then they said, oh, yeah, we are like, well, we love Zoom. We're doing Zoom. Now now they're going, they're going to mess with your Zoom. Now they're pushing you right off Facebook. Oh, we love Facebook. You know, put all our ads on there. In fact, I, I posted this free and the brave ad on my Facebook page. They scrubbed it. Facebook took it down. <laughs> Somebody caught that. He said, Lou, they took your ad down. I just put, I was posting my, you know, little deal out the church. They said, can't. You know, we're not we're not gonna go you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to tell the topics that you're having at that. I don't want anybody to know that. It's censorship. But there's a division coming and people are are either gonna stand, you know, it's it, I, I believe God's been speaking to me about this the whole time. It's almost like he said, Lou, this is just like the founding of the nation. Are you gonna stand with me and stand for liberty and get on fire for God? And get on fire for everything I, I stand for, which is freedom, complete freedom. Or are you going to live under an authoritarian government, a godless government that mocks, mocks me? And that's happening. It's happening in church. Our church today, it's interesting. It's an, I, I look around, I kid with the new people. I, I always ask them, who are you anyway? Where would you come from? <laughs> because they're all new. A lot of them knew. And all the other people used to be there, they they like birds. They they just like got pigeons, like scared them up, and they flew away. I don't know where they are, hiding out, zooming with some church or social distancing or wearing a mask to church or something. It's just like, I don't know what happened to them. But, you know, it isn't like they changed. It's just like all this crisis did is show where people were at. Isn't that exciting? I just think it's exciting. And I just love it when when people make threats and throw down. And I when I heard the website of Glad Titans got jacked up and and uh, posters got trashed and the Peel Democrat wrote some stupid article had a bunch of picture of slaves on it tried to attach it to us. I you know something I just I started laughing. I didn't get mad about it. I th- I thought I, was, I got a kick out of it. And uh, all these people are like high and mighty. Oh, yeah, you guys, you know, people, we even got people at our own church turning this in. I love it. It's it's my time. It's it's perfect. I'm just thrilled to be here. I'm I'm thankful to God I'm healthy and I'm, that I can be a part of it all. And it's a time of shaking. And so if you're a business and you're not willing to stand up for your rights. Maybe you don't even know your rights. I, you know what I'm trying to do is figure out what our rights really are. How and how, for instance, can I serve? I'm trying to figure this. Can I sue the board of supervisors? Because I'm gonna do it. And I got, I got personally, I got the money to do it. I would put money into suing the board of supervisors personally without immunity that they're violating my constitutional rights from keeping me out of the supervisors meeting, and um, they're violating my rights and. I, I don't have any time with personally, uh, and I'm going to ask for punitive damages against him for violating my freedoms. I am an American, 
and they are violating my constitutional rights. I'm going to be right back. That's the end of my second uh, segment. And so pay attention here. we got some good clips coming up. Be right back. Dear one, the world is waiting for the sunrise. Every road is covered with dew. First, we were banned from speaking in person. Now we're being banned from speaking online. Thousands of right-wing users were purged from Twitter over the weekend, the excuse being that these accounts were posting conspiracy theories and supposedly inciting violence. Interesting that all of the supposedly violent accounts belonged on the right. Because here's the breakdown of who lost followers and who gained them. So let me get this straight. The Ayatollah of Iran and the Communist Party of China can still tweet just fine. But the President of the United States has been banned for inciting violence. Because somewhere along the line, we've allowed a few tech companies that started out in college dorm rooms to form unrestricted, absolute monopolies on the publishing and distribution of information in this country and around the world. And the argument was always that, well, if you don't like one app, you can always just go find another. So Parler came along. After Trump was banned last week and Twitter began single-handedly deleting the accounts of thousands of people they don't like, thousands flocked to a similar app that's promised to be an open platform for free speech. That is, until Apple and Google decided to strip them from their app store so no one could download it to their phones. After that, Amazon flat-out banned the entire platform from their servers, meaning that now even the website itself doesn't work. And of course, true to form, predictable leftists are celebrating this mass purge of thousands of voices because while they might just be intelligent enough to recognize a swastika, They've never actually read what Nazi Germany did at the beginning of their attempted global takeover. Hint, it started with mass censorship, with book burning, and with widespread bans against what you could say and who you could say it to, because this is what actual fascists do, you historically ignorant fools. And their argument, ironically, is that Twitter and Facebook are private companies and can therefore do whatever they want, which is not only factually untrue, they're publicly traded companies, they're not private. But leftists gave up the right to make that argument years ago anyway when they demanded a baker make a cake for a gay wedding or they would destroy him in a courtroom. And when they demanded that actual private companies like Hobby Lobby violate their own religious beliefs and provide abortion-inducing drugs for their employees, oh no, y'all forfeited all this ground voluntarily. So bake the cake, bigot. It's also erroneous because even as leftists sneer the conservatives are now complaining about the very free market that we love so much, they apparently don't understand what the free market is. A free market is only free when it fosters and allows for competition. That's why we have antitrust laws. You're not allowed to engage in unethical and discriminatory practices that intentionally keep out competition. So here's exactly what should happen to these tech giants who've apparently decided that they run the world and we all just have the privilege of living in it. It's actually real simple. They should be treated exactly like the competition-killing monopolies that they've become, and they should be smashed to pieces. It's one thing to say Twitter has become huge and successful because it's been a good platform. It's quite another to say Twitter is the only game in town because it's working in concert with tech companies like Amazon and Apple to shut down their competition and gag anyone they don't agree with. 
The moment big tech decided Parler couldn't play in their sandbox is the day they declared that they will intentionally kill any competition that gives a voice to people they don't like. They want unilateral control over the dissemination of information in this country. They want to tell you what to believe, censor the things they don't want you to know, and gag you if you ever dare to disagree. Big tech has officially become a threat to democracy. And that is a threat to all of us. Let them put the fear on you. Stand and deliver. But not a word you heard was true. And if there's nothing you can say, there may be nothing you can do. Do you want to be a free man? Or do you want to be a slave? Do you want to be a free man? Or do you want to be a slave? Do you want to wear these chains Until you're lying in the grave? I don't want to be a pauper And I don't want to be a prince And I don't want to be a prince I just want to do my job Playing the blues for my friends Magna Carta, Bill of Rights The Constitution, what's it worth? You know they're gonna grind us down Till it really hurts Is this a sovereign nation Or just a police state You better look out people Before All it right. gets too late Third, third segment I want to uh, mention uh, this recall I said I was going to talk about it right away, but I got off on the Free and the Brave conference. And uh, so uh, I was out talking to Monty Hecker at Elite Universal Security yesterday. He helps me stay with this podcast by financially helping me. And uh, he's able to do that because he works every day and makes money uh, running a business called Elite Universal Security. And they've been in business for years. They got a good reputation, and they work all over Northern California. And if you want to go to work, you can. If you are, they want people that are honest, hardworking people that are people of integrity and kindness, and uh, that will do a good job for businesses, for residential area, residential folks, for farmers, ag people, and uh, so they do all kinds of work. They work for the government, secure places. But they'll teach you how to be a guard and and get the license and get all that stuff and and get training. Even if you're just 18, 19 years of age, too early to become a police officer, but you want to get some experience, you want to get some classes under your belt, they will help you with the classes. You can go to API hyphen. Uh, let's see what it is. API. Well, I forget now what it is. API hyphen academy dot com. API hyphen Academy. That's where a lot of their schooling is listed. Eliteuniversalsecurity.com. 
That'll tell you the jobs that are available. And uh, if you need, if you, if you're losing some stuff, you got people doing weird stuff. I was talking to Mar uh, Monty about a piece of property in town that they're having a lot of problems with. People are burning buildings down and vandalizing. And I was just fascinated by some of the creative ideas he had just in the chit chat. And I tried to get the people to use him to solve the problems out there. Actually with technology today and with smart people like the people out at Elite Universal Security, you can uh you can like get control on nonsense. People doing stupid stuff. And uh so you can reach him at five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. Five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. And um, or whether you need a job or you want them to do a job for you, take care of you, and uh, they can help. So I was out talking to Monty also about the governor recall. So I want to just give you a few tidbits on this. We've been talking about it since June, June 10th. We started on this journey, and then a judge gave us an extra 90 or 120 days, whatever it is, ending on March 17th. So we're pushing at this, this conference this weekend. We're going to be getting signatures. The recall people are going to be out there with their pop-up tent and their big yellow banners. So I, I noticed a pretty cool article that was analyzing the, the governor recall comparing Gray Davis's to uh, Gavin Newsom's. And um, when Gray Davis was recalled in 2003 – is the first time in the state's 153-year history at that point in 2003 it had actually recalled a governor, right? They'd tried before, but this is the first time. And, of course, I've mentioned before it was only the – there's only been two governors in the entire in the United States that have ever been successfully voted out of office. Um, so there's – a growing frustration and exasperation with Newsom, who is a pervert, a liar, a cheat, a criminal, and uh, does not respect your rights, does not care about you at all. He's just totally focused, like Obama was on himself. These people, I don't know what they think they're going to do. They can't take their money with them. And I, I've never had a particular thrill about just giving money to my descendants to buy a fancier car, or bigger house. I'd rather give it to poor people, poor kids, help them get through school. And, uh, but that's what these people, these people are into millions of, they, you, you know, do you think if I got a millions of dollars, at what point do you turn around and just start helping other people get on their feet instead of like more, 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 more. Now, I, now I'm governor. Now I want to be a mayor. Now I'm going to want to be governor. I just want more power, power, power. I want to be president. I'm going to be, I think what's going to happen to Newsom, he's going to get so screwed up, it's going to ruin his chances to ever go out to higher office. So Newsom and Davis's circumstances, this article said, aren't, aren't, aren't that different. And uh, so both New Newsom and Davis inherited rosy state budgets with large surpluses amid an economic uh, time of prosperity and uh, great tax revenues. Then almost overnight, each experienced a severe economic downturn that turned surpluses into massive deficits in the blink of an eye. 
Now, this is somewhat deceptive because they'll say down to Sacramento, they'll say, oh, we have big surpluses. But they have, we're a trillion dollars, more than a trillion dollars in pension debt, in bonds and pension debt. So it doesn't matter what they mean by uh, that they have a surplus, say they have a dollar fifty come in and only a, a dollar twenty five going out. So they have a surplus. But they haven't taken into consideration they got thousands and thousands of dollars to to use my dollar fifty versus a dollar. On top of that dollar fifty versus a dollar, they've got thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in what we call liabilities, in other words, long-term debt that they owe, like in pensions and stuff. They promise to people, instead of you'll, if you'll work for us for so many years, we will take care of you till you die. And so those pension promises pile up to the, to the tune that we can't afford to pay for them anymore. So um, it says that Davis was overcome by a solvable energy crisis he declined to correct. Newsom has the coronavirus pandemic, his own energy problems, and wildfires pulling him down. Davis' responses did not inspire confidence among voters. Neither has the behavior of Newsom, who fueled recall fever with the visit to the French laundry after he told us all to go home, stay home, stay alone, be miserable, wear a mask. He ignored every bit of that. If you're going to get together with somebody, be outdoors. So I was talking, I was at the tip meeting tonight. And one, one of the ladies works for Live Oak. And somebody came in throwing a big fit because the postal route, Glad Tidings is really located in Yuba City. But postal wise, it's in, it's right on the line of Live Oak. So this guy went and complained to the Live Oak City City Hall that some church down there down was having a super spreader event. We organized it to spread this terrible thing called the common cold, the corona cold. And he thought, damn it, somebody needs to go down there and do something about that. So Gavin Newsom, we need to we need some more signatures, and it's amazing to me how passive people are. Almost their eyes are open, but they're in a coma state. They just won't want to do anything about anything. And you know the interesting thing is the more and more, and I'm no expert by any means, the more and more I read about the early days of America, those people were super involved, man. They were fighting. Patrick Henry was fighting. They talked about liberty like it was a precious coin, they're, like their precious health. They talked about liberty, fighting for it, preserving the liberty, standing for it. And today, people don't even know what it means. They don't even, I don't think they're going to know till they it's gone. It's going to be too late. They're not going to be able to get it back. Bill Whalen, who works with the Hoover Institution, says a successful recall effort is like a three-legged stool. It requires an unpopular governor, unpopular policies, and finally, a popular alternative. He says in present California, 
it's that last leg that's missing, a credible replacement for Newsom. I agree with that. What candidate would be charismatic plus brilliant and have the backbone of a Donald Trump to turn this state around? Do you know any? Any other Californian, right? Have to be a Californian, right? I often think of Tom McClintock. He ran during the Gray Davis deal and lost. Now he's been serving in Congress for many, many years with, with great success. I, I, I think of somebody like him. Uh, maybe doing a term in there. He's a very smart guy. But, you know, that might capture some interest. Former Republican Congressman Tom Campbell recently wrote in the Orange County Register, by the way, that used to be a sister newspaper or the flagship newspaper for Freedom Newspapers, which had the Appeal Democrat here locally until they sold and broke that all up. So Tom Campbell in the Orange County Register said that Republicans shouldn't pretend the GOP is resurgent in California just because three Republicans took Democrats' congressional seats in the 2020 election. I am totally on that page with Mr. Campbell. I think the Republican Party is in the tank, even though they got some gal they paid a quarter of a million dollars to stir, try to stir it up for them. I think they are totally irrelevant. They they don't have a strong following that a lot of people have just they may be even registered Republican, but really they don't they're not loyal to the Republican Party. They're very independent. Um says nearly 30% of Californians have no party preference by registration or are identified as other by the Secretary of State's office. Merely getting a recall on the ballot is likely to have some impact on that 30%. That 30% is going to call the election right there. I don't think Democrats are going to vote against Gavin Newsom. So that middle group, that 30% is going to make the difference. Uh, all right, I think that's all I'm going to do on that. I just encourage you to sign up. It's very simple to sign up. If you're concerned that you may not be registered to vote, you can look it up on the Secretary of State's website. I think it's sos.gov. Probably has California somewhere in there. Just look at Google or whatever search engine you have. Just go Secretary of California Secretary of State. And then when you go on there, all you have to do is they'll have a register to vote deal right online. Or you could go to your local county or you could go to any of these recall booths and they got registration forms right there. They'll register you and let you sign right away. But you got to get it on. It's already January 16th or or. uh Let's see, 17th is when this uh, show will come. Actually, I wrote down maybe the wrong date on this. Oh, no, I, I see. I'm, it's actually after midnight now. So I did write the date, January 16th. It's going to... Uh, play out here. All right, so I'm going to go on and uh, <clears throat> I want to talk about... Uh, I'm going to give you just some... What's happening is in the media, if if you watch it, which I don't, 
and haven't for many years. What is good is portrayed as bad, and what is bad is portrayed as good. So Republicans who aren't violent, Trump people aren't violent. It's the Trump people that have been getting beat up, egged, thrashed, stuff thrown on them, their hats taken from them. Just, you know, there's one story after another. But they turn around and call the Trump people fascist and violent, right? So this somebody did this, and I thought it was pretty good. Some of this stuff sent effect. Someone sent a deal tonight about the National Guard doing this and national all this big old fancy seal and stuff printed on it. And, you know, generally in government, they they may not do what we want them to do. But usually if you see a proclamation or a a decree from the president or something, it's the grammar's right, right? And the sentence structure's right. This thing that was sent out tonight, oh, my God, this is going to happen. It's just like the guy didn't make it out of a literary school. So somebody made a comparison to the Capitol riot, they call it the Capitol riot, which is totally a scam. BLM and Antifa, Antifa went in there and disguised themselves as Trumpsters, put on some Trump swag, and then, then did damage to the Washington, uh, the, the uh, House of Congress there, and uh, blamed it on Trump. It's like, hey, anybody that, that's got half a wit and willing to do a little investigation uh, can sort that out. So let me just do some comparisons for you. The BLM riots lasted sef- seven months. <clears throat> the Capitol riot that the media is just wetting their pants over lasted several hours. The BLM riots condemned most, were condemned mostly by Republicans. The Capitol riot condemned by all Republicans and Democrats. BLM riots encouraged, were encouraged by media and politicians on the left. Capitol riot encouraged only by fringe political groups. BLM riots, police forces were used. Capitol riot, police force used. BLM riots, 23-plus people shot dead. Capitol riot, one. BLM riots, 700 officers were injured. Capitol riot, 14. BLM riots, 150-plus federal buildings damaged. Capitol riot, one federal building damaged. BLM riots, hundreds of small businesses destroyed, maybe never to come back. Capitol Hill riot, not one business destroyed. BLM riots, no outrage. I think people on the conservative side were upset frustrated no real outrage if we were going to have outrage we would have protested blocked some streets stood along to deal with signs made a big stink for the the riot in where they broke into the congress nationwide nationwide outrage right just the two two different ways of looking at things Here's an interesting one. Did you remember this? <clears throat> I get a kick out of this. You think, hey, where, how did the Muslims play into United States history? You ever think of that? Well, you think that Muslims just started in the last 20 or 30 years? Not really. So, Muslim, remember when Obama said this? It was, I think it was at a prayer breakfast 
Christian, you know, prayer breakfast, National Day of Prayer. He said Muslims built the very foundation of our nation. Do you remember that? I know you weren't there, but do you remember anybody ever teaching on that? I, n I never made anybody, even most liberal people, I never heard that. So Jefferson says, <laughs> if, if you're coining Jefferson's talks, he says, no, we did. And then fought against the Muslim pirates in 1801. Did you know that? Do you remember these Somali pirates for a while hitting all these freighters going down past Africa and stuff? All these pi pirates are coming out in these funky little boats and tr taking over these massive freighters and held them hostage. You remember that? That's what the Muslim pirates were doing back in the uh, late 1700s until we sent. At that time, the Marines were like the Navy. We just sent them down there and kicked their butt, right? Said, knock that off. You want to be a Muslim? Do whatever you want to do, but you're not going to kill and steal from folks around here. Let me do a couple quotes here. Here's one quick one. It was revealed, according to Greg Price, he writes this, it was revealed that a Chinese spy bundled donations to Eric Swalwell's re-election in 2014. And instead of being taken off the Intelligence Committee, he was promoted to impeachment manager. Remember Eric? He was having an affair while married with Fang Fang. You remember Fang Fang? Well, old Eric was just, he was banging her. And uh, and they were, Chinese were kicking down some money. It was like, hey, Eric, we, you know, you're one of the, you're blood bro over here in China. We got you, man. We're going to install you over there. And you and Fang Fang, you got, you, you're hot and bothered about Fang Fang. And uh, now they're going to, with the Democrats, they just promote you with that stuff. All right, we're going to take a break here, and we'll be right back. Fourth segment coming right up. No more lockdown. No more government overreach. No more fascist bullies disturbing our peace. No more taking of our freedom and our God-given rights. Pretending it's for our safety When it's really too enslaved Who's running our country? Who's running our world? Examine it closely And watch it unfurl No more No more threats No more Imperial College Santa's making up crooked facts No more lockdown No more pulling the wool over our eyes No more celebrities telling us Telling us what we're supposed to feel no more status quo Put your shoulder to the wind Really, Mitch? So that's how you rolling So you okay 
with them trying to impeach President Trump. Oh, so you agree with it. You fake. You phony, Mitch. You a backstabbing, fake, phony, no good son of a... You know what? You gonna make me say something? That's gonna get me banned again. Mitch, you fake. After everything that Trump has done for you, after everything, you gonna turn your back on him? You gonna stab him right in the back? That's how you gonna roll, Mitch? After everything he's done for you, this man helped you get reelected. When people were calling you cocaine, Mitch, when you were on the verge of losing your seat, Trump stepped in and helped you. But now you can't have his back? Oh, yeah, you fake. And you want the support of us? Next go round, you not getting my support anymore. Oh, you better believe we are done with you, Mitch. We see who you are. But you know who needs to be impeached? You need to be impeached over here looking like who done it and why. You need to be impeached. You fake. You can't be trusted. You're not fighting for the American people. You are not on our side. You are on the side of fraud. We done with you, Mitch. Uh, Mr. Chairman, this is Dr. Hawkinson. I just want to let you know I'm standing by. Oh, okay. Well, we would love to hear from you. The floor is yours. Thank you very much. Um, I do appreciate the opportunity to address you on this very important matter. Um, I'm, what I'm going to say is lay language and blunt. Um, it's counter-narrative, and so, so you don't immediately think I'm a quack. I'm going to briefly outline my credentials so that you can understand where I'm coming from in terms of knowledge base in all of this. I'm a medical specialist in pathology, which includes virology. I trained at Cambridge University in the UK. I'm the ex-president of the pathology section of the Medical Association. I was previously an assistant professor in the faculty of medicine doing a lot of teaching. I was the chairman of the Royal College of Physicians of Canada Examination Committee in Pathology in Ottawa. But more to the point, I'm currently the chairman of a biotechnology company in North Carolina selling a COVID-19 test. And I might, you might say I know a little bit about all of this. The bottom line is simply this. There is utterly unfounded public hysteria driven by the media and politicians. It's outrageous. This is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. There is absolutely nothing that can be done to contain this virus other than protecting older, more vulnerable people. It should be thought of nothing more than a bad flu season. This is not Ebola. It's not SARS. It's politics playing medicine, and that's a very dangerous game. There is no action of any kind needed other than what happened last year when we got felt unwell. We stayed home, we took chicken noodle soup, we didn't visit Granny, and we decided when we would return to work. We didn't have anyone need anyone to tell us. Masks are utterly useless. There is no evidence base for their effectiveness whatsoever. Paper masks and fabric masks are simply virtue signaling. They're not even worn effectively most of the time. It's, it's utterly ridiculous seeing these unfortunate, uneducated people, I'm not saying that in a perjurative sense, seeing these people walking around like lemmings, obeying without any knowledge base to put the mask on their face. Social distancing is also useless because COVID is spread by aerosols, which travel 30 meters or so before landing.
enclosures have had such terrible unintended consequences. They should, you, everywhere should be open tomorrow, as was stated in the Great Barrington Declaration that I circulated prior to this meeting. And a word on testing. I do want to emphasize that I'm in the business of, te of testing for COVID. I do want to emphasize that positive test results do not, underlined in neon, mean a clinical infection. It's simply driving public hysteria and all testing should stop unless you're presenting to hospital with some respiratory problem. All that should be done is to protect the vulnerable and to give them all in the nursing homes that are under your control. Give them all three to 5,000 international units of vitamin D every day, which, is, which has been shown to radically reduce the likelihood of infection. And I would remind you all that using the province's own statistics, the risk of death under 65 in this province is one in 300,000. One in 300,000. You've got to get a grip on this. The scale of the response that you're undertaking with no evidence for it is utterly ridiculous given the consequences of acting in a way that you're proposing. All kinds of suicides, business closures, funerals, weddings, etc., etc. It's simply outrageous. It's just another bad flu. And you've got to get your minds around that. Let people make their own decisions. You should be totally out of the business of medicine. You're being led by, down the garden path by the chief medical officer of health for this province. I'm absolutely outraged that this has reached this level. It should all stop tomorrow. Thank you very much. I went back to Ohio But my city was gone There was no train station There was no downtown So tired it disappeared Well, hardly a week goes by <clears throat> that I am so frustrated. You know, <clears throat> let me start off by saying this. I have great respect. <clears throat> I dropped out of school, uh, and it was, I think I did the right thing because I didn't know what I was doing. But I was also involved in uh, unsavory behavior that was going to get me in trouble eventually did, but I really didn't know what I was doing and different people in my family wanted me to do different things. So I just dropped out and wasted four or five years of my life. So sorry. It's, I'm in, we just went past midnight and uh, so I have a great appreciation for people that stayed in school and actually accomplished something. Like a lot of kids go to school and don't do jack, right? They just, well, went out and drove in a, driven, driven a tractor or learned how to frame a house or plumb or whatever. They'd have been a lot better, been, made a lot more money. But, <clears throat> but people that stay and accomplish something, get a degree, uh, really develop a, a good skill, a profession like a doctor, right? 
I have huge respect for them because they are involved every day in helping people have a better life. Doctors. I have huge respect for them. I always have. In fact, I don't mind calling them doctor. Sometimes I call close friends by their first name. But I, I don't have any problem calling them by the title doctor. I'm fine with that. And I have great respect for them. Here's what I'm not fine with. What's happened is, is because the the political regime in the United States has now undermined the authority of the medical profession and now has intimidated doctors to where they won't speak out. Now, I'm not saying all of them because a lot of them have spoken out, but it's cost them dearly. And the reason that more don't speak out is they don't they don't want to put their lives at risk, their income at risk, lose their jobs, um, lose their all their investment. Maybe they have huge debts from medical school. And so they just keep their head down and and put up with it. They don't they don't they go along with this these lies about the covid and and they let people believe that wrapping a piece of cloth around their mouth or nose is somehow going to stop germs getting in in their through their ears, eyes, nose, mouth. It's nonsense. It's also nonsense, and it never has been an, ever tried before or suggested because it it's there's sense and nonsense means there's no sense in it. It's ludicrousy. It's uh, lunacy to think that if I stand on one X and you stand on another X, that COVID is going to say, "Ali, Ali, auction free, you're exempt." It's all a big scam, and it just makes people look like big pussies. That's what it does. Big pussies. And then if you don't go along with it, well, you're just a big, bad, nasty, and uh, you're, you're being unkind. So we have a doctor who I do not respect because she's a liar. She's a snake oil saleswoman, and she is a politician. That's what she is. She's just doing a political, something that's politically expedient, and to suggest that this, you know, when we have a 90, over a 99% cure rate. But what happens is when you keep focusing people on, instead of on sickness and death, they're focusing people on positive tests, which mean absolutely nothing, zero. A lot of those positives are incorrect. The, the equipment is not that exact. So instead of just looking at people's symptoms, diagnosing them, and treating them and keeping them from getting so bad they got to go to a ventilator in the hospital. And that's how we treat people throughout all history, modern medical history. Instead of doing that, now we're doing it all bass backwards. And we're letting people get way sick and we're not treating them at all. And it's purposeful. It's purposeful. And I'm not going to get into all the details because... You need to learn it on your own. I don't have time to fuss with it. So this says in the paper on January 9th, by county <clears throat> officer Fong Lu said there have been some. Now, this is what's so deceptive and fraudulent about this entire medical Mickey Mouse. 
they will list all these people that supposedly test positive for COVID, but they're not sick. They're what they call asymptomatic. In other words, they don't have any symptoms. And the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, has come out and said, people that are asymptomatic, even if they test positive for COVID, are not going to give COVID to their neighbor or their loved one or whatever. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't work that way. And Dr. Hodkinson, which I think we have a clip on today's show, says exactly that. So then she says this, they got, they're so specific on counting every person as a COVID death or COVID disease or COVID, 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 and printing it on Facebook and in the paper all the time. But then when she's asked about healthcare industry workers who have refused to take the COVID-19 vaccine, she, she can't really remember the amount, the number. So she just says some. How many is some? It's an interesting word. Some, 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 some. Dim some. Give me some. S-O-M-E, some. So we have some in the healthcare industry that aren't going to take that vaccine. Why do you think that is? That's not some homeless person that never made it out of third grade shooting heroin, refusing it. That's somebody in the health, some. Dr. Lou, how many some are there? Five some? Six some? Twenty-five some? Are you trying to hide it from us, girl? Then she says, just total BS. This gal's a total bullshitter. We have been fortunate to see many of our key health leaders stepping forward and eagerly getting the vaccine, stepping forward. What are we sacrificing our life? Like we're laying down our life for our brother to take some funky vaccine that may ruin our immune system. You know, I don't get into it. I got a lot of people I know in the healthcare industry and elsewhere. They're out there getting that thing like they're going to save the world. Hey, you know, we all make choices in life. We pick partners. We pick careers. We pick whether to do LSD or heroin or meth. We, we, we pick all kinds of danger. We jump, jump out, of, out of planes. We do all kinds of crazy things as human beings, sticking a needle in your arm, putting some funky stuff in there over, to try to prevent the common cold. I am not going to argue with my friends. I love them. I, I respect them. If they want to get vac- vaccinated with all kinds of funky stuff, God bless them. I, I, I don't, I'm not being sarcastic either. I wish them well. I hope they don't get sick. Dr. Lou says that the local pace at which COVID-19 is put in check by the vaccine depends. You notice this? It all, we're never going to get out of this, folks. It all depends. Remember, we're going to get, we're going to flatten the curve in two weeks. You remember that? Just get on the train, go down, go down. We're going to bring you right back. We're going to be, it's, everything's going to be okay. Just, just follow, follow the directions where you're, you're saving your neighbor. Depends on the number of individuals willing to, isn't it interesting? The only way we're going to get control of the vaccine is if you take the vaccine. And then later they're going to say, well, your neighbor didn't take it. Well, not enough people took it. Well, if all these people would jump off the cliff at the same time and fart, then we will stop COVID. She says, as long as this virus is allowed to survive, who does she think she is? She's not God. That virus is going to go on survive whether she just beats her gums for the rest of her, her doctor career. As long as this virus is allowed to survive, we need to kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it, stop. Let's look, look, every bit of it, we need. 
some of you just need to stand at the sink and wash your hands until they you just wear them out. That's going to save everybody. Allowed to survive and move from person to person in our community, we will continue to see a corresponding number of people still getting unnecessary ill and dying. That's ridiculous. She's a liar. That's crap. Unnecessarily getting ill and dying. Very few people are getting ill. Very, very few people are dying. Let's try to... Can can somebody at the health department tell me what happened to the pneumonia and the flu this year? Did it just... Did we cure it by wearing a Kotex around our face? Experts did not know what percentage of people would... I'm going to send a box of Kotexes to that... Uh, what's that supervisor's name? Matt Conant. And see if he'll wear them for me. I'm going to doll him up with some ear flaps. And uh, he sport his own special design, Conan Orchards. Totally, it's such an embarrassing thing to see the leaders of your community running around with masks on. It's like diapers. Like like grown man wearing diapers. Come on, man. We got to do better than that. Experts did not know what percentage of people would need to get vaccinated to achieve herd immunity. We got to get herd immunity. You know, how come we're trying to manage something where for the life of human race, we've always, it just happened. It plays itself out. There is discussion of at least, what what does a sentence like this really mean? There is discussion of at least 70% or more. 70% or more what? 70% or more get vaccinated? 70 percent or more get herd immunity honestly just so stupid so stupid and people are so stupid that they let this woman just run a game on them that's put down now check this out <laughs> what what day is this this is january 13 shoot is that not well, a couple days ago the California Department of Public Health notified local health officials Tuesday afternoon that the regional stay-at-home order for the greater Sacramento region, that'd be us, has been lifted. Did you see, did you hear singing in the streets? Did you hear gunshots going off, firecrackers, sparklers? No, because people are starting to ignore this. They, they, you were living in a communist country, people. Do you get it? You just, you just kind of ignore the idiots until they put a gun to your face. They say they've, they, they're proclaiming that this, any of you guys been staying home? I haven't. It's my right to leave my house, and I don't give a crap whether I get a cold or I get the flu or I get anything. I get it occasionally throughout my life. It's part of living, and I not even, don't even give it a second thought. The Straits Regional Stay-at-Home Order largely limited Californians' movement to essential needs and services and was based on a particular region. Listen, people, have you been, have you been only leaving to get toilet paper and a, and a box of aspirin? Honestly, people, are you kidding? Are you going to go along with this? We got, got here's a, you know amazing thing to me. We got uh, Sean Harris, who... For goodness sakes, went all the way through the CHP school, became a CHP officer. Then he became commander of the local CHP. It's quite a position. And then he becomes 
a city council person after he retires from the CHP. I, I thought, okay, good. That'll be good. We need somebody with law enforcement experience. Good for good for Sean. He's a nice guy. I like him. And for goodness sakes, either Sean does not do his homework, has had some kind of an aneurysm or something to hurt his his thinking ability, or he's just a liar. Because he goes on and does a video endorsing all this COVID baloney like he's going to control a virus. You're not going to control this virus. Nobody's controlling this virus. You know, the only people getting into this vaccine are the people making money off. Just think of this fact. We're going to vaccinate the whole damn world. Seven billion people. Think about it, people. They're selling this vaccine $15, $20 a pop. That's a good deal. That's a good old deal. It's like selling drugs. Making some money there, dude. And you're going to do two of them. You've got a first, second, or maybe there's even a third dose you've got to take. So what's allowed under, we're in a purple tier. These tiers, you, did you know that Tears aren't in the Bible. T-I-E-R-S. A tear. First, second, and third tear. That tears and purple tears are not in the Bible. Where did tears come from and purple tears? They just came from a meeting in the state capitol. They just came up this out of the wild blue yonder. It is not a scientific thing. It's nothing. They just They just made it up down there. They just concocted it. So what's allowed under the purple tear? Well, banks can open with modifications. You knew that was coming, right? Modifications. Bars, breweries, wineries, except if you're uh, Newsom. Bars, breweries, wineries without food. In other words, they can't open unless they sell food, and they can't just sell peanuts. Isn't that ridiculous? Why, why would you close a bar? Let people get, you know, to me, there's church. And if people don't want to do church, there's bars because bars are kind of like churches. Pastors and saloon workers, bartenders and pastors kind of a lot, lot, lot alike. They like to help listen to people, talk to people, encourage people. Bartender, good bartender does that, right? So people go to the bar when they're not feeling so hot. So now, you know, it's, it, did you notice that all of these prescriptions to beat COVID have all been prescriptions to kill people? Dr. Lou is like Dr. Strangelove. She's up to some no good, people, because everything they're doing is to destroy your mental health. Did you know that suicides are at a huge tilt, drug overdoses? huge pace bars would have stopped a lot of that bowling alleys can't even go roll a ball down the lane gonna covid is gonna get your ass churches places of worship temples can't open outdoors no indoors don't you dare go indoors and if you do don't you if you do and you're in there we're, we're gonna find you if you're sing Spit on your neighbor. Slobber on your neighbor. Clothing shoe stores can open with modifications. You knew that was coming. 
Convenience stores can open modifications. Grocery stores can open modifications. Got to wear a mask. Got to wear a mask. Get those masks on. When everybody under control, gyms, fitness centers can't open outdo outdoors. Outdoors. Is this ridiculous? Do you know that the people that created this never had a real job in their life? Movie theaters closed. Why movie theaters? Because they're good. They're good for your mental health. Good to go see a movie, laugh, cry, experience something. What's up with a the movie theater? Museums closed. Anything, anything good. Personal care services, nails, massage closed. Screw these people. This is under purple tier. We're right under it, right? Restaurants closed for dining. Dining in can open with modifications for takeout delivery. We need to take out the government is what we need to do. Schools may, you know, this is so stupid. This is just so disgusting and stupid and wrong. And we have a person, you know, it's, it, I would have more respect. Like, there, you know, there's Russ Brown. He's a, uh, what is he, a uh, information guy. He's a talker, professional talker, tells you what's going to happen in the county. Now, if they wanted to make Russ Brown the COVID czar, no medical knowledge, just out there doing stupid stuff like Dr. Lewis, I'd have more respect for Russ because he's not a doctor. Now, that, to me, when a high school kid can figure out the stupidness of this COVID, you'd think a doctor with Dr. Lewis, I mean, the thing is, I was going to say the Soros got ripped off paying her $100,000 to go to medical school, but they really got a good deal because they want to destroy this country through hundreds and hundreds of Dr. Lou's. They want to destroy our freedom. Do you get that? The supervisors do not get that and don't give a damn because they don't have to follow the same rules we all do. Because when they get together, like when Gavin gets together, they ignore all the rules. It's for the little people wearing masks and standing on X's. And staying in their house only to come out for toilet paper and some antibiotics. It's amazing. NBA, NFL, they just totally caved, gave up. Can you imagine being as good as some of those people are athletes and, and they're just playing, playing before nobody, cardboard cutouts? We'll be right back. We're in, enter, entering into our fifth segment. I've been playing by the rules way too long. This is, it's getting to a point of ridiculousness that I'm somehow responsible for the whole world around me and I'm simply not and I'm unwilling to be. We need to bend the curve. California Governor Gavin Newsom has imposed some of the most stringent COVID-19 restrictions in America and some Golden State residents are starting to revolt. The dictatorial attitude toward California residents while dining in luxury traveling, keeping his business open, and sending his kids to in-person private schools is very telling about his attitude toward California residents, and it is extremely hypocritical. These closures and stay-at-home orders 
are flat out ridiculous. Riverside County Sheriff Chad Bianco released this video announcing that his department wouldn't be enforcing the governor's order. Sheriffs in Los Angeles County, El Dorado County, Orange County, and even the governor's home of Sacramento County have also said they will not enforce aspects of the lockdown order. Bianco says county sheriffs are acting within their legal authority. We're constitutional officers. Some of the sheriffs believe that it's a constitutional violation. We don't answer to a board of supervisors. We don't answer to uh, a governor or to a, a city council. We answer to the entire two and a half million people of our county. Do you worry that there's any sort of legal action that can be taken against the department for not yeah. um, no, following a governor's orders? There is not. We don't have to arrest just because there is a law. On December 3rd, Newsom's stay-at-home order barred in-person dining of any kind at restaurants where hospital ICU capacity has fallen below 15%, as it has in four of five California regions. But there's no evidence that the shutdown has stemmed the growth in cases, hospital admissions, or fatalities. Several restaurants in Riverside County are defying the ban, including Marla's Cocina and Cantina in the city of Beaumont. At this point, with this shutdown, we really have just kind of decided, listen, I don't know how much more we can bend. You don't like it, don't come. The cantina started only accepting takeout orders for one week in March. The owner, Diego Rose, says never again. I can't open up for just to go. I would be losing every day. At that point, you have to make a decision. Do you shut your doors? and lose all your inventory and let your staff go in hopes that somebody along the way knew what they were talking about and that two-week flatten the curve thing was what they said. California's order to stop outdoor dining has generated outrage, controversy, and legal challenges. A county judge invalidated the LA ban on the ground that there's a lack of scientific evidence to justify it. Rose is even permitting his customers to dine inside, though he's spaced out the tables and installed extra ventilation. He also spent about $35,000 converting an indoor space into an open air patio and keeps the restaurant doors open whenever possible. We have every option your little heart could desire. You want to sit outside, sit outside. You want to sit in a patio, sit in a patio. You want to sit in a booth, sit in a booth. You want to sit on your thumb, sit on your thumb. I'm not the world's keeper. He says he's received visits from the health department, alcohol and beverage control, and angry citizens over the past several months and faced threats of fines for his patio not being COVID compliant. But he remains committed to staying open and was emboldened by Sheriff Bianco's public statements. To put himself out there for the scrutiny has definitely, I think, transcended the strength needed for business people in all kinds of different capacities right now to say, hey, listen, my, my sheriff has my back. But California is reaching record levels of COVID infections, and a new, more easily transmissible strain has appeared in the state, and in several California counties, hospitals are completely out of ICU capacity. What do you say to people who look at that situation and argue you're creating a more dangerous situation I, right, by failing to discourage the spread of COVID? Making someone wear a mask or close their business, that has absolutely nothing to do with someone that is overweight, diabetic, unhealthy heart-wise, uh, possibly cancer, going through treatments uh, in, with a weak immune system. Them going out into public and putting themselves at risk, that wasn't my fault. Mm. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with any other sheriff in the state, but no one wants to take personal responsibility. It's, um, it's better if you blame someone else. 
There's little evidence that in-person dining, particularly outdoors, is a major source of COVID spread, a fact the state's health director appeared to admit on a recent Zoom call. The decision to include, among other sectors, outdoor dining really has to do with the goal of trying to keep people at home, not a comment on the relative safety of outdoor dining. Research out of New York City found that 74% of COVID spread happens in households. Rose, who once worked as an emergency room nurse, says that the responsibility for stopping the spread of COVID to the vulnerable doesn't rest with law enforcement or business owners. Every individual has to keep and maintain the amount of risk they're willing to assume, and that's inherent to the individual. California's stay-at-home order prohibiting restaurants in counties with available ICU capacity below 15% remains in effect. A judge in San Diego County ruled that restaurants there can remain open pending a ruling in an ongoing lawsuit, and San Bernardino County has filed suit against the governor in the state's Supreme Court to keep its businesses open. Rose says he hopes more restaurants continue to ignore the order and reopen. I'm not worried about my business as much as I'm worried about my country. If I have nothing to open back up to, what's the point again? Freedom first, our choices are first, your choices are first, and I hope more and more people get on that kind of a bandwagon to protect each other's rights. We have to, we have to do something. Oh, oh, read you a couple quotes here it says it was uh jim jordan the former wrestler i'm talking about a collegiate wrestler not a world wrestling federation or whatever they call it wwf or wwe or something jim jordan representative in the uh house of representatives congress uh he said the ayatollah can tweet but the president can't Democrats can object on January 6, 2017, but Republicans aren't allowed to object on January 6, 2021. Democrats say Antifa is a myth. Republicans condemn all violence all the time. The double standard has to stop, says Jim Jordan, the wrestler turned politician. Betsy McCoy, McCoy says, so far, the focus has been on repealing Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which protects the tech giants from being sued for what they post based on the fiction that they are merely unbiased platforms. Republicans want their liability removed. In other words, they don't get 230 Section 230 protections anymore that they just are out there, and if they say something stupid or allow something stupid, they get uh, sued over it. Republicans want these corporations, these tech companies, they want their liability uh, removed. But that may incentivize them to limit content even more. I don't think that sentence is written correctly. Republicans, uh, what they want 
is their uh, immunity removed. Let me just say it again. It says, so far, the focus has been on repealing Section 230, the Communication Decency Act, which protects the tech giants from being sued for what they post. In other words, they're saying, hey, this is just, it's kind of like a bullet. Just think of it like you go to the laundromat and they got a bulletin board and anybody can post on there, right? And you put up there, hey, I got puppies for sale. I got this for sale. I got this. I got that. I got that. I'm looking for a place to rent, right? That's a community bulletin board. And if somebody puts that, you know, the if the business owner could say, hey, I have nothing to do with this bulletin board. I'm just doing it as a courtesy. You have to check these people out. There could be ripoffs here, et cetera, et cetera, right? So Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act basically says that. In other words, you can't hold the platform responsible for stupid stuff that's said on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the other grandma, grandma, jamma, jamma, right? You can't hold them. So they gave them that immunity. You can't go after uh, uh, Zuckerberg or the rest of them, right? But now the Republicans, they want to remove that protection. That's what this line should say. But they may incentivize them to limit content even more. In other words, they limit the protection. Then they may turn around and say, well, we're going to like, we're going to shut everything down. The better approach, this Betsy says, is to treat these tech firms like public utilities, just like water, electric, phone, and gas, and regulate them as utilities. I don't know whether I like that or not. They're monopolies, she said, and they provide essential services to a dependent public. Public utilities cannot withhold services from some sources, from some customers, based on their political views. Now, I agree with that. Like they haven't cut my water power off here because I'm a conservative guy. So, let me go on down here, just scrolling down. Did did you hear this? I someone sent me this about CNN has shut down their airport programming. Did you notice? You know, I for many years I was flying quite a bit internationally and nationally. Every airport I'd go in, I'd be hoping to, back then, I used to hope to watch Fox News when it was by different owners and different programmers. But I I would want something other than CNN, but they'd only have CNN. But that's an agreement they made with all these airports around the country. So they would be the number one TV station in the airports, all these big terminals. And I didn't real, realize this, but the programming in the airports was actually kind of tailored for the airport experience. But now, even though CNN had literally a monopoly on it, they've shut down their all their airport, airport programming. Now, it's interesting to me that I just saw where some of these tech giants have lost billions of dollars in just a couple of days from censoring Trump and a lot of people that are like Trump. And um, so people that, oh, yeah, we're getting them back, getting them back. Actually, it mean, that kind of money means no nothing to them. They got so much money. Maybe in the long run, some people claim that 
the people that really made money off all these platforms have already left the platforms and moved on with their life. And what we have is just the dregs left there uh, that will continue to run it for years and years after it's lost its effectiveness. Did you know, did you notice that? uh, So anyway, uh, let me just finish this. CNN shut down the airport programming. Why? Because there's just not that many people in the airport. And so they can't sell the advertisers on we, you know, 50,000, 60,000 people a day will see your ad on our television, our CNN television in the airport. All these people are going to see that ad because of where it is. They can't do that now because nobody's in the airport. It's just the TV's on and they're just a bunch of janitors lurking around wiping dust off stuff. Did you hear that? uh, I thought it was interesting after the Capitol riot that the head of the police over the the capital area quit isn't that interesting you think oh well maybe trump just pissed all over or got all freaky and everything i thought you know something i wonder what's up with that quitting so now i see this article u.s capital police officers are suspended look out really why would they be suspended others are under investigation across the country so either these people are legit, legitimately bad or they're just jerking them around to cost them a lot of money like General Flynn, right? But uh, there's some evidence. In fact, there were people sending around videos of police officers opening the barrier gates, the barriers, and letting people in and to go into the White House or to the uh, Congress. That's bad news, folks. That's like not taking any oath. People sw- slipping into other garb. So federal law, law enforcement is investigating more than a dozen police officers in D.C. and other jurisdictions across the country for allegedly participating in protests over election results, including at least two officers who were at the Capitol when it was t- attacked. CNN reported on two officers who have been suspended following their participation Wednesday nights, da da da, da. Uh, there's, there's dozens that are getting arrested or investigated and maybe lose their career over not protecting our government property. Seattle police put two officers on administrative leave while of, of officials investigate if they took part in Wednesday's events. The department's chief of police, Adrian Diaz, said in a statement Friday. Just sad. It's sad that uh, these guys would lose, guys and maybe some gals, lose their entire career and their integrity uh, over this whole thing. It's just, it just to me, it's just shocking. Unless they're, unless they're burnout, unless they've lost... I don't know. Lost their faith in the country. I, I don't. I don't know what to think about it. Well, I want to mention Dave Greenitz. Um, he just keeps cranking out the bathrooms and kitchens, and uh, I always think, should I do that to my kitchen? Should I do that to my bathroom? They're needing overhauls. They're getting kind of old, thrashed. Everything's been thrashed. Just wear and tear. Minor wear and tear. 
So uh, if you want the best, and usually when we we decide to fix up our home and we're going to stay there longer as opposed to st- stick, you know, st- clean it up a little bit, flip it. But if you're really going to make it really nice, you're comfortable there. They say the cheapest home you'll ever own is the one you're in. Same way with cars. So uh, okay, let me just let me just jump back here. I'm going to switch spots here for a second. I played a couple clips today about uh, censorship, and uh, I'm kind of interested in this whole thing melting down. Uh, I'm not afraid of it at all. Uh, certainly it is our country is shocking many in Europe and Asia uh, because they're seeing what was so beautiful about our country is you could always share your opinion. It doesn't matter whether others embraced it or not. You could share your opinion. And uh, well, let me, let me hold on. Hold on. Let me before I forget here. I want to go back and. uh and just uh, pitch Dave Greenett's construction to you and then we'll we'll. We'll finish this other part up before we'll finish this segment. So I was, uh, I saw another one of Dave Greenitz's uh, bathrooms. And so I just wanted to mention to you that if you're going to spend a lot of money on a kitchen or bath, uh, you know, a lot of times you can, when you really gut it and really do it right, uh, you know, you're into the thing five ten thousand dollars if you're hiring somebody to do it you're giving them the responsibility to put all the trades together make everything perfect make the building inspector happy and everything so you know if you're going to stick around the house and stay there instead of flip the house you want to do a really nice job you usually put some extra nice stuff in but you know if you get off on the wrong foot and they do a poor crap the craftsmanship isn't the level it should be you know, even though you dropped all the money in it, it's just like, oh, I wish, you know, the paint ain't quite right or that what wall, you know, not perfectly plumb or you can see the stud there. You know, there's just there's just there's carpenters and there's carpenters, right? Craftspeople. So if you want to uh, if you want to check it out and you want to get somebody that's the best, you're not going to find anybody else in, in this area. I'm sure there are in other areas, but around here, I've been paying attention for years, and you're just not going to find it. So um, you can reach Dave at Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page, or you can reach him at uh, com, and you can just give him a shout-out. I'm trying to look for his phone number here, and it's, for some reason I can't pull it up right now. But you can look there and write off his website or his Facebook site. You can email him, and uh, he will actually respond to you. In fact, he's one of the few guys in town that will actually answer his own phone and have a conversation with you instead of kicking you down the curb. 
and um, or getting an answering machine or getting another woman or another guy between him and you. You get him. You talk to the duck. So his phone number is 530-682-9602. 530-682-9602. And uh, if, if it is busy, if he's if he's on the other line or something, he will get right back to you. So, you know, if you're going to spend the money, you might as well hire the best. I I, I always, I've always, I, I don't, I don't buy op, you know, crazily expensive things, but what I buy is going to last, last a long time. It's good quality, right? That's making a good buy. I usually look for a good buy on good quality. And, uh, it lasts a long time, takes good care of you, whether it's clothing, cars, whatever. So, uh, give it a shout. Also, my friend, uh, Ted Holmes with, uh, the plumbing doctor, he is at, uh, in the Yuba Sutter County's area, and you can reach him at 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111, and you can, uh, you can get a plumbing, your plumbing problem solved pretty quickly, night or day, weekend or Monday through Friday. You take your pick. Um, all right, so those are some of the folks that help us, uh, stay happening around here i wanted to thank everybody uh tonight i was at the trauma intervention training before i came over here to do this uh podcast and and um 2020 has been a hard year for running trauma intervention harder than most years i mean it's i mean i'm not talking about like oh it's really hard man i mean you know it's all relevant the united states things are pretty easy even if they're hard compared to other countries I've been in. But um, it just felt like I was packing a weight all year, trying to work around some of the difficulties of the COVID problems. And uh, so, uh, but we did a fundraiser on the, the fourth quarter of the year, and we raised about, I think, $32,900, something like that, and uh, which was the most we've ever raised since we began doing fundraising and so that's a good thing i think i think we're getting better at it i don't mean hustling people but just communicating with people and working hard just takes a lot of work and we sold a couple we auctioned off or raffled off a couple guns and uh you know we we didn't get as much money from agencies emergency agencies but to me it didn't really make any difference as long as we have enough money to run on we're good so uh, I'll I'll get down and list some of the donors. We're going to run ads on our uh, different media pages and not an ad, but a mentioning the people that were our major supporters as well as in the newspaper just to give honor where honor is due. But we want to appreciate those folks that helped us. That was a great boost for us. And... Uh, Thank you so much. Appreciate the help. So as we'll, you know, we'll receive donations year round, but we do make an effort to uh, to raise some money this time of year to pay our bills. We always pay our bills right on time, right on time. I want to go back and just say that this about the uh, U.S. Capitol Police officer suspended. What the portrayal was, as you know. Uh, if you listen to any alternative media, is that in Washington, D.C., 
uh, with the infiltration of uh, well, infiltrating the march, which was millions of people, I think. It was just huge, uh, of those big crowds with Antifa people, but they were dressed up like Trumpsters. Uh, their whole idea was to make it look like uh, Trump is a violent man and he encouraged violence, which is all lies. The only ones encouraging violence in this country are the liberals. And so uh, being infiltrated, it's, it's, it's sad to say this, but it looks to me like the law enforcement actually uh, assisted in, in doing illegal activity there. And I think that's where they're, vid they're seeing videos of them. In fact, it didn't just happen in, uh, well, I'm thinking, I don't know whether it's it's some of these cops that, or maybe they just dressed up as cops, but they were cops in other cities because it said the Seattle Police Department has placed at least two officers on administrative leave while officials investigated. They took part in Wednesday's events. Uh, it didn't say where the events were. Active. Acting Chief of the U.S. Capitol Police, Yogananda Pittman, uh, he's the one who took over for the one who quit, probably because they know way too much, that they, they're all kinds of people feigning to be officers, and uh, officers that weren't betraying themselves well as officers. So this Pittman, U.S. Capitol Police interim, issued a statement that her agency, oh, it's a her, Yogananda, I think she's a uh, meditator, said has been actu act actively reviewing the video and other open source materials of some USCP officers and officials that appear to be in violation of department regulations and policies. I won't go on to all the detail. We've got to take a break here, and we'll come back for our final go-around. Be right back. Get fired up 
This is about this country. This is about the, the future of our children. Whether by design or by accident, the power that these big tech companies have been allowed to amass is is a, a, a pretty dangerous thing in a democratic society uh, in particular. And the fact that even throughout the events of the last few days that we don't have, we have to hear from, you know, Angela Merkel in Germany saying, oh, this is a really dangerous thing that mm -hmm. is unpre an unprecedented threat to the freedom of speech. We're not hearing that from many people in our own government at the highest levels, which should raise alarm bells given our, our society is, is set up on this foundation of fundamental freedoms, foremost among which is that freedom of speech. And uh, again, I, I think this should be a cause for a lot of introspection amongst us as people, but also in, in holding our own leaders accountable, saying, how can you support this? The thing that is always interesting to me and that we, I've seen numerous examples of, especially over the last year, is how people uh, you know, like AOC and others support these actions. But what happens if you know, Jack leaves Twitter and it's taken over by somebody who holds values different from AOC. Mm -hmm. And then the tables are turned and they decide, actually, you know what? We don't want to hear what you have to say. Google gave us instant access to vast amounts of information. Facebook gave us a new way to connect with friends, family, and the world. Twitter brought this world to us in real time. And YouTube allowed anyone with a smartphone to become a virtual broadcast network onto themselves. It was glorious and empowering. But that was yesterday. Today, it's 1984 all over again. Big Brother's back with an important twist. Our former liberators now want to be our masters. Apple, Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, the giants of social media, are demanding conformity to their values. It's their way or the highway. Conform or die. This image is perfectly captured, not by an ad, but by this recent real-life scene. Row after row of men and women stare up at Tim Cook, Apple's CEO, as he makes a presentation, ironically, before a civil rights group. We only have one message for those who seek to push hate, division, and violence. You have no place on our platforms, Cook tells his audience. You have no home here. Hate? Division? According to whom? The answer is obvious. According to Apple, Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, they are becoming the big brother Orwell foresaw. Our parents worry about kids. And see, I've got a generation now who don't worry too much about kids because they're into the animal rights stuff. They're worrying about birds and bugs. <laughs> This is the generation that set aside two million acres in the Pacific Northwest for the spotted owl. Are you happy about that? <laughs> well, brace yourself. for an owl, a bird, a bird, it's a bird, it's a damn bird. 
It's a brand. <laughs> and they tell you something. Oh, they'll be on the Larry King show. I'm just on the verge of tears. Oh, Larry, Larry, Larry. <laughs> There's just not very many of those aisles left. And I'm like, I'm like, so? When was the last time you walked into a pet shop and said, damn, you're out of aisles? <laughs> it's a bird. Here's what finally sent me over the top of these people. Three years ago in California, Southern California, Los Angeles area, they stopped the the construction of a new highway project. Now get this, $180 million was total cost. Like a highway spur. This big area here is congested. The highway spur is going to relieve traffic this way. Got one third completed. That's $60 million of our money they spent, tax dollars, and abandoned the project. When they realized that this new highway was going directly into the nesting area of the endangered, long-tailed kangaroo Rat! A rat! A damn rat! I don't care what they call it, picture it in your mind, it's a rodent. Every generation till this one for 400 years would see a rat go, there's a rat, kill it! These buffoons are jumping up and down going, stop the highway, stop the highway. There's a rat in the road. It's a damn rat. They tell us that this rat needs 2,000 acres. So it'll have room to make And you think I'm going to act like and just pretend that I'm some kind of pseudo-intellectual and like, oh yeah, let me tell you something. No. As a layman, as a layman, a very simple-minded layman, here's what I know. When it comes to the human species, two full-size adults can mate in the backseat of a Honda Civic. Because you never know where you never know when somebody's gonna come for you. No, you never know where, and you never know when somebody's gonna come for you. All right, here's number six of six. So, <clears throat> there's an article that a uh, fellow wrote. <clears throat> called The Establishment Strikes Back. I always wonder, well, who's the establishment nowadays? I'm all, all confused. So he says, President Trump has been deplatformed by Twitter, Google, YouTube, Facebook. Salesforce has cut off his campaign's email service. Shopify or Shop and GoFundMe have cut his organizations off as well. Trump's supporting Josh Hawley, had had has had his book he had a book coming out so simon and schuster the publisher uh they canceled that 
Viacom is a part of Simon & Schuster. It actually owns Simon & Schuster. Hallmark demanded Hawley return their previous political contributions to him. That's amazing. I've never, you rarely hear that. Meanwhile, Amazon, their division and Apple's app store put the alternative social media platform Parler out of action. Uh, in addition, Walmart, I want you to think about these. If, if you shop, you know, where you shop and why, if you want to make your money act as votes, Walmart, Amazon, Morgan Stanley banking, Dow, D-O-W, and AT&T all announced they will be cutting off donations to Republicans who challenged the certification of the electoral vote. In other words, these guys all are fine with a, a rigged election. I want you to think about what that means to integrity, the integrity of these places. The ostensible reasons or the reasons for these companies' actions were to defend democracy, supposedly. You see what I said? Bad is good, good is bad. They're defending democracy by shutting down free speech to protect against violence. Now, who has been doing all the violence? It's Antifa and BLM. Trump's people have never done any violence. When you see, after Trump was elected and people would be wearing their hat in a Fast food place, somebody come up, take their hat off, and throw their drink on them. Over and over and over, that was sucker getting sucker punched. But here it says the reasons for these companies' actions were to defend democracy and protect against violence. It's just, it. I'm telling you, many of my friends, they just said, Lou, I'm trying to make sense of this. I said, don't make sense of it. There's no sense to be made. It doesn't make sense. They're using arguments that argue the opposite point. Preventing violence. President Trump has never encouraged violence. You remember any, any Republican encouraging violence? Now listen to these, these different, uh, I mean, there's been hundreds of celebrities threatened the, the life of, uh, the president. Ayanna Presley said, there needs to be unrest in the streets. <laughs> She's a House of Representatives. How about Kamala Harris? Protesters should not let up. Hmm. Pretty gnarly. Maxine Waters. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gas station, you get out. And you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore anywhere. Hmm. That's real kind and peace loving and fence mending. Nancy Pelosi. I just don't know why there aren't uprisings all over the country right now. Maybe there will be. Interesting. I don't see any Republicans using those kind of phrases and those kind of attacking remarks. Have you? So President Trump ran on three policies that are opposed by Americans' bipartisan establishment. What that means is 
it didn't matter which side you were on, Republican or Democrat, blue or red. They were basically saying the same things. And Trump came along on behalf of the American people, which the parties were not representing. The American people were getting repped off. When you move all the factories to China, those were paying people good money. Auto factories, all kinds of factories. Remember Obama said there's no way you're ever going to get them back? Well, they're, they're back. So Trump ran on three broadly popular policies that are opposed by Americans' bipartisan establishment. I want you to think about that for a minute. He ran. Now, who elects the president? Not just those people back there in, in uh, D.C., but the people. The people in each state elect. So, but he was opposed by Americans' bipartisan establishment. That's, that's Republican and Democrat and independent bureaucrats and politicians. So what Trump run on, you remember? Balancing trade. In other words, he was saying, we're getting charged fantastic tariffs to try to sell something to China, and they want no tariffs if they sell stuff to us. That's where you get a trade imbalance. Number two, restricting, restricting immigration. Open borders means you don't have a country anymore. Many of the people, the majority of them coming across the border are criminals. We're talking about not just like petty criminals. We're talking about rapes, murder, maiming the person, child molestation, all kinds of gnarly stuff, drunk, driving, big time. Restricting immigration. That means not letting in people that are the stupidest people in the world. Maybe a crude way to put it, but we put a lot of energy, even though our education system in California is totally in the tank. We put a lot of education into a lot of emphasis into literacy. Because a republic cannot function on people that are low of intelligence and low understanding and they can't read and they can't write well a republican form of government needs to have an intelligent citizenry that understands their history and that's been dumbed down and destroyed in america so he says we need to we need to take we're not opposed to taking in immigrants but they need to apply and we need to evaluate them that's the way to come in the country it's interesting. He's a, he's portrayed as this person that hates people of color. It's just all fraudulent propaganda. The third thing was avoiding more military adventurism abroad. Now I'll tell you for sure, Democrats and what they call hawk Republicans, like guys like Carl Rowe, what a big pussy! You remember I used to be in working with George Bush. And you'd think, boy, this guy's a real strategist, old Carl Rove. He's just always on Fox, giving opinions on this, getting opinion on that. Now he's just a total turncoat, man. I, I don't even think the guy's a conservative. So the point is they, the left does not want these things. They want military ad, adventurism. They want to send more military to quell some issue in some country. They want to to uh, renew and expand immigration. 
And they don't give a crap about balancing trade. Trump was saying that 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 uh, China was taking like $500 million a year out of this place. It's ridiculous to have that. Just, there's just no room. There, you know, there's no reason for it. It's just a total ripoff. Then we have this PB, PBS, and you've heard a clip on him, PBS counsel, he's an attorney, Michael Beller, who was chatting with one of the Project Veritas undercover self-described guerrilla journalists. And Beller saying, you know, most people are just stupid. Beller is just saying what I would hear over and over again. This guy that writes this article in Washington, D.C. As I went to parties and pubs, he's not the exception. And he's and his disdain for our nation makes my stomach turn because he and others like him are seizing power from people every day. They hold positions of power that actually can affect our lives, our daily lives, and that of our children. So he says he's, he's talking under, well, he doesn't know who this is, but it's a Project Veritas journalist. He said they'll, Trump, support, Trump supporters, will be raising a generation of intolerant, intolerant, horrible people called horrible kids. And he's advocating <clears throat> take those kids from them. He also says, kids who are growing up know nothing but Trump. For four years, you've got to wonder what they're going to be like. Let me scroll down here a little bit. Beller also said that even if Biden wins, we go for all the Republican voters. Homeland Security will take their children away. Said the sanctuary state of California. This is a, a guy, a MS-13 gang member. Check this out. This is what just should blow everybody's mind. I, I just can't relate to conservatives because I think they believe this. The sanctuary state of California previously freed from police custody an illegal alien MS-13 gang member who went on to murder a woman in front of her three-year-old daughter. Herbert Nixon Flores, a 46-year-old illegal alien MS-13 member, gang member from El Salvador, was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in Irving, Texas, after he appeared to murder his ex-girlfriend, 35-year-old Karen Ruiz, in front of her three-year-old daughter outside of the babysitter's home. Florence had been dragged, uh, had been charged, excuse me, Flores had been charged with murder, and police were looking for him after home surveillance video captured him chasing down Ruiz outside her babysitter's home and fatally shooting her on her doorstep. L.A. Police Department, which enforces a strict sanctuary policy to shield illegal aliens from arrest and deportation, freed Flores from their custody last year despite a long criminal history and their insistence for him to be turned over to their custody. ICE confirmed that Flores had been 
ordered deported from the states 10 times since 2020. I mean, sorry, since 1990. So that's 30 years, 10 times in 30 years, but continuously reentered illegally, likely through the U.S.-Mexican border. Flores had a criminal record and convictions dating back more than 30 years, including this is a guy that Gavin Newsom let go, or, or I think her name's London Breed now over there in San Francisco. Uh, but I don't even know whether it was at San Francisco or another sanctuary city. Nonetheless, here's what he had been uh, arrested and served time for over a 30-year period. Carrying a concealed weapon, trespassing, burglary, disturbing the peace, possession of a transportation of a controlled subject, substance, impersonation, driving under the influence, driving without license, driving with a suspended license, resisting arrest, vandalism, and criminal threats and illegal entry. The most recent arrest came in September 2020 when he was charged with domestic violence by the LAPD. ICE officials issued a detainer for Flores the following day, which is a request for law enforcement to turn illegal aliens over to their to the federal immigration agents for arrest and deportation, but LAPD instead released him back to the community. Five months later, Flores murdered Ruiz. So that's what you have. You have a lot of bad apples. It's exactly like Trump said when he came down the golden elevator. He said you have all kinds, kinds of criminals and stuff coming across the border. That's exactly what's happening. It, it's always been that way. And uh, that's what you want to keep out. Good people, what I mean by good is law-abiding people, people with good morals and, and have some education. Those are the type of people you want in and, and have them assimilate with us and go to our schools and improve themselves so they can get their own credential if they want to teach or something, something. So... Uh, all right, so finally, uh, let me just see. I'm just focus on this. This is a, a guide for people that want to leave California or they're thinking about it. And uh, this is pretty fascinating. It compared the states based upon a lot of different values. So the question is, leaving California, question mark, a guide to what state is best to move to. So housing, by, by the math... California is the nation's most expensive to put a roof over your head, most affordable. The most affordable state is Mississippi, where housing uh, was with housing 61% cheaper than the Golden State. Then comes Alabama, Arkansas, and West Virginia at 60%, Kentucky at 56%, Oklahoma and South Dakota at 55%, cheaper than California. So what about services? You know, when you want to get something repaired, maybe you get a new brake job, something, something. The cheapest places to get people to fix stuff and carry for you are Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee, where services run 16.6% below California pricing. Next was Kentucky at 16.3%, then Arkansas and Louisiana. California had the fourth costliest 
bills to just get basic stuff or get basic stuff done. Here, let me see. Yeah, this is for services. Just like, you know, getting a window repaired, getting the plumbing plumbers out, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I just want to touch on some of the high points here. We just, oh, we're down to about two minutes. It says, housing, California is the most expensive to put a roof over one's head, more affordable in Mississippi, 61% cheaper than Golden State. Then comes Alabama, Arkansas, West Virginia, Kentucky, Oklahoma, all, all 55% cheaper, 60%, 55% cheaper. Uh, so then they did the fixed stuff goods. If you want to buy some stuff, relatively speaking, California shopping is nowhere as pricey on a national scale. Nevada was the best place, the best place, Nevada, right next door, to be a shopper with goods 10.5% cheaper than the Golden State. That would be us. So um, let me see where I got it. So you can see why people are on the move. I mean, in every way, all the financials are not looking good for California. So, so they got Texas listed as number one. Arizona is number two. They kind of just weighted them and rated them, depending on gasoline and you know places put together nice. Number three is Washington D.C. State. That's not D.C., but the state on the West Coast. Nevada, Oregon, Florida, number six, Colorado, New York, All right. Well, all right. We're about ready to close her down here this this week. So we will see you next week, Lord willing, which will be the uh, 23rd. And we will do our best to put together a good show. It should be it should be unbelievable because of all the we're kind of at a crossroads in the country. Right. We're crossroads and it could go really bad or it can go really good. And there's rumors of a lot of sharp people, executive people, political people that are going to get arrested. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not I don't I'm not privy to the evidence, so we'll just have to see. All right, thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Sweetheart of Mills. Sweetheart of Mills.
sugar to kiss. <laughs> 